Isaiah chapter 65, verse 1. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me, to a nation that did not call on my name. I said, Here am I, here am I. Jesus brought the gospel to all the nations of the world, and he's still doing that. This is because his own people rejected him and crucified him. 2. All day long I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations. The Israelites kept sinning over and over throughout the centuries and into Jesus' time, and still today they're continuing to sin because they worship religion above the commands of the Lord. 3. A people who continually provoke me to my very face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on altars of brick. This means that they were doing idol worship back in the time of the Babylonians and before that and after that. Over and over the Israelites kept turning to idol worship, just like we do today. Even though we may not be witches offering a sacrifice, we have our own idols through media and sensual pleasures that we seek. 4. Who sit among the graves and spend their nights keeping secret vigil, who eat the flesh of pigs, and whose pots hold broth of impure meat. The Israelites were commanded to only eat what is clean. Today we're allowed to eat any meat because in order to preach the gospel, we will have to eat whatever is set before us when we go to visit foreign people. So in the New Testament, the Lord commanded Peter and all of us to eat whatever is set before us. But in the Old Testament, they were commanded only to eat clean animals, yet in honor of their demon gods, they were eating the unclean animals, such as pigs. Also, they kept vigil at graves. Anytime people remember the dead, that is a form of paganism. Any remembrance for the dead. This includes tattoos, seances, getting a word from the grave, even dreams and visions of dead relatives. If you cherish that in your heart, that is cherishing a familiar spirit. And I know that's hard to swallow because in our culture, remembering the dead is supposed to be an honorable thing. Well, back in ancient times, it was also considered honorable among the pagans. But Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. So we aren't supposed to idolize people who have gone on. We just learn from their mistakes and follow whatever they did that was right. 5. Who say, keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Such people are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that keeps burning all day. There are some religions where a high-order person or representative is considered sacred and holy, like the Dalai Lama or a cardinal in the Catholic Church, and these people are considered better than the rest of us. But in reality, all of us are sinners, and only God is good. Jesus said that himself. 6. See, it stands written before me, I will not keep silent, but will pay back in full. I will pay it back into their laps. This means that he'll put burning coals into our laps. It's a metaphor, and it means that 
we will pay for our sins if we do not repent. 7. Both your sins and the sins of your ancestors, says the Lord, because they burned sacrifices on the mountains and defiled me on the hills, I will measure into their laps the full payment for their former deeds. Remember, if we repent, then we get forgiven. But if we don't repent, we carry the demonic legacy of our ancestors. And that's why a lot of times if you have a parent who's an alcoholic, you could easily become an alcoholic. It has nothing to do with DNA. It's about not repenting. If we repent of our own sins, then the sins of our parents won't plague us, nor will our own sins plague us. 8. This is what the Lord says, as when juice is still found in a cluster of grapes, and people say, don't destroy it, there is still a blessing in it. So will I do in behalf of my servants. I will not destroy them all. The Lord over and over always leaves a remnant of his followers. He doesn't destroy everybody. Just as with Sodom and Gomorrah, he saved Lot and Lot's family, even though Lot had practically no faith. Just because he wasn't practicing idolatry, the Lord saved him and the Lord will not destroy all of Israel ever. He has always left a remnant. 9. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, those who will possess my mountain. My chosen people will inherit them, and there will my servants live. When Jesus comes back during the millennial reign, Lots of Israelites around the world will be able to go and live in Jerusalem even more than who are there now, and the Lord himself will bring them there. 10. Sharon will become a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Achor a resting place for herds for my people who seek me. This means that his people will have abundant food. They'll have pastures, and they will have herds and flocks, so that they can eat. They won't come there starving. Today, there are a lot of Israelites who are living in dire poverty and starving. 11. But as for you who forsake the Lord and forget my holy mountain, who spread a table for fortune and fill bowls of mixed wine for destiny. 12. I will destine you for the sword and all of you will fall in the slaughter. For I called, but you did not answer. I spoke, but you did not listen. You did evil in my sight, and chose what displeases me. He says, you honored your goddesses of destiny and fortune, but you wouldn't honor me. So I am going to give you a destiny of disaster. The Jews who worshipped false gods under the Babylonian reign would be punished by the Lord under the Persian reign. Luck and destiny are terminologies that honor paganism. 13. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, My servants will eat, but you will go hungry. My servants will drink, but you will go thirsty. My servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. This is metaphor speaking about the living water and the bread of life, which is Jesus and his words. Those who want to practice sin live in darkness, and they're spiritually starving. They don't know the word of God, but those who obey the commandments that they understand will hear even more of the word of God.
This is how it works. You already know it's a sin to commit murder, and it's a sin to sleep around, and it's a sin to say the F word. Obey what you already know, and then the Lord will put it in your heart to read the Bible and learn more of His commands, and He'll put it in your heart to be around other Christians who teach you more of His commands. And then, as you learn more, you will obey better, and it will become a great joy for you to obey the Lord. So just start out with what you know. If you know you shouldn't cheat on a test, don't cheat on that test. And then God will start speaking to you and teaching you more about himself. The big error that a lot of people make is they don't even practice what they know to begin with. They willingly lie and manipulate and cheat. And then the Lord doesn't have any relationship with them, and they never learn the commandments of the Lord. That's how we get put to shame, because we end up making these horrible mistakes based on our ignorance and selfishness. 14. My servants will sing out of the joy of their hearts, but you will cry out from anguish of heart and well in brokenness of spirit. A lot of people look happy, but they're considering suicide. They are desperate in their relationship and they don't feel loved. They're bored and they don't enjoy being alone in a room by themselves. They don't have Jesus, so there's no peace in their home. They have to constantly be entertained and sidetracked because they can't face reality. They're broken in spirit. And a lot of times they're broken in body as well because they ravish their bodies with their sinful lifestyle. But the servants of the Lord have a lot to rejoice and be happy about. 15. You will leave your name for my chosen ones to use in their curses. The sovereign Lord will put you to death, but to his servants he will give another name. This is saying that the lives of those who the Lord kills on his great and terrible day of wrath, their memory and their legacy will just be the memory of a curse to those who are left. It will be like, oh, that's the person who was cursed of God. 16. Whoever invokes a blessing in the land will do so by the one true God. Whoever takes an oath in the land will swear by the one true God for the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. This is talking about a historical prophecy. 150 years after Isaiah died, King Cyrus caused the Babylonians to withdraw from Jerusalem. So this is talking about the Babylonians being the enemies of God, but it's also talking about the wrath of Jesus when he comes, where those who hated the Lord will die and be removed from Jerusalem, and those who love the Lord will be left there and flourish. 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Now the chapter seems to be talking about eternity in heaven. The Lord will wipe every tear from our eye, and we will no longer remember the things of the past. Grief requires memory. When we get to heaven at some point after Judgment Day, when we enter into eternity with Him, He will erase a lot of those bad, traumatic memories of things that we experienced on earth. So it will be as if those things never happened. 
18, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. 19. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. The new Jerusalem is a taste of heaven on earth, and heaven itself is what Jerusalem was created to resemble. In heaven, we will experience eternal joy, and the Lord will delight in us eternally. 20. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. So this is talking about the millennial reign, because in heaven nobody will ever die. But during the millennial reign, people will be so healthy and have such good food and love among themselves and with Jesus that they will actually live longer. 21. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. You will get to enjoy the work of your own hands. It won't be communistic where you work really hard and somebody else takes what you earned. 22. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people, my chosen ones, will long enjoy the work of their hands. Trees can live for hundreds of years. During the millennial reign, some people will live maybe 200 years or longer, because Jesus will be with us. When you're happy, it prolongs your life. 23. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. People will still get born during the millennial reign, and children will not be stillborn or have physical problems. Children will be born healthy in Jerusalem. And this will cause more people to get saved. But some people, in their arrogance and defiance, they will still resist salvation. When Armageddon comes after the millennial reign, there will still be enemies of the Lord. It's pretty arrogant to witness Jesus and all of his beauty and grace for a thousand years and still refuse him. That same arrogance happened in heaven when Satan was one of the most beautiful creatures ever created, and he still rebelled against the Lord who created him, and he lived in heaven where everything was perfect. This shows you that we don't need to feel sorry for anybody in hell, because they had every opportunity and every motivation to love their God, but their pride was so intense that it was satanic. Only that kind of pride could cause somebody to choose hell over their creator. 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. This says that during the millennial reign, whenever we are going to pray to the Lord to ask him for something, he'll hear us before our prayer even begins, and he will give us what we ask for even before we begin. Now, we aren't going to be praying for hedonistic things because we are his children. We'll be praying for things that are in his will. You may ask yourself, what is the Lord's will? He wants people saved. 
healed, delivered, forgiven, transformed. So whenever you pray for those things, you'll get an answer. 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. For sure in heaven there will be no death and no killing. The animals will not kill each other anymore. They'll go back to eating grass and herbs, just like they did in the Garden of Eden. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 65.